everyone, this is Zain Sharma, the Director of Pioneer Missions and School of Missions with Kingdom Vision Global, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. To receive more updates from us, please do visit our website, kvglobal.org, or find us on our Instagram page, Global School of Missions. We have with us Josiah Centeno, and he'll be sharing with us on overcoming offense. If you would like to watch the video of this recording, head over to our YouTube channel, Kingdom Vision Global, and don't forget to subscribe for some amazing life-giving content. God bless and have a wonderful listen. If you know anything about me, I love Jesus, um, and I all I want to do is just serve him. Uh, I hope that my greatest testimony when I'm in heaven is that I made the Father smile, um, that I could put joy back into the Father's heart, um, because when I was on the brink of suicide, he saved me. I wasn't looking for him. I was running from him, and he still pursued me. And I'm pretty sure all of us can attest to a love that rescued us, a love that's not cheap. And so when we are here talking about the things of God, it's not because we have religious obligations, but we are compelled by love. And so really my life is just a compelling to love God and serve God by serving people. Um, Like Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of these, you do unto me. And I don't know about you, but I always feel like I was the least And because of his radical love making me feel uh, fully accepted, I will lay down my life uh, freely to see that at least one other person can experience the same love that I have. Um, And so I'm so grateful to be with other lovers of Jesus. I'm so grateful to be with people who are passionate and who will uh, do whatever and go wherever and just simply for the fact that they are in love with Jesus. So thank you guys for your faithfulness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for listening with, um, with ears of the Spirit, because we're all from different places and backgrounds, but we're all listening to the same Lord. And so I'm so grateful, so, so grateful um, to have known Danston and through Danston to get to know all of you. Um, and so I want to pray because I love to pray. And um, One of the things I was deeply sensing during our time as we were worshiping and praying was that there is a hunger for all of us collectively, uh, a hunger for freedom. And what I began to see in that hunger for freedom is I saw little hooks, almost like fish hooks in hearts. And those fish hooks, they were spreading the heart. They were stretching the heart, trying to rip the heart. And what the Lord was doing is he was cutting the strings off of those hooks and removing them. And then he was mending the broken, the rips in the hearts, the tears in the hearts. And so what I see the Lord doing during our time for all of us, uh, no one is immune uh, from being offended um, and holding on to offense. And so because of that, understanding the grace and the mercy of Jesus, what he's showing me is that he's going to begin to sew back or stitch up our hearts with cords of loving kindness and with his tender mercy. Um, And so, Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, that through the prophetic vision and through your heart and your desire for us, that God, wherever there are hooks of offense, wherever there are things that are ripping our hearts apart and pulling them in different directions, Father, I pray that with your word, you would cut the strings, the ungodly ties to things that are toxic, that you would remove those hooks in our hearts and that you would sew us back together, that you would mend the broken hearts with cords of loving kindness and tender mercy. 
Jesus, we need your care in the places in our hearts where we have been wounded and where we desire to be healed. So, Lord, this is not simply about healing us, but it's about making us whole, making us like you till we conform to the likeness and image of Jesus so that when the world sees us going through offenses, they see Jesus blameless, humble, loving, and kind. And we want to be seen. So we love you and we thank you for the miracles in our hearts that you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's get started. I'm going to teach some things and some of these things won't be new, but I pray that God gives us a new look and a new perspective on these things. And so Danston asked me to speak and minister uh, about deliverance and from offenses. So how to be healed and how to be delivered. And uh, I, I, I want to start by defining what an offense is. So this is the definition of an offense. Put a stumbling block or impediment in the way upon which another may trip and fall. To cause a person to begin to distrust and desert one whom ought to trust and obey. So it's putting an obstacle in the way to really prove what you trust in. And so what we're learning and what we're going to learn and what you might have already learned is that there's a stumbling block from you moving in the love of God. And that stumbling block is an offense. And hopefully by the end of this, we will understand that Jesus was known as a stumbling block for many people. He was an offense. And so we might begin to reinterpret an offense as not being a bad thing, as it being something that matures us and grows us in love. And so the first part, I'm going to break this in two parts, and it's going to be deliverance from offense. And then the second part is going to be freedom during offense. So offense is going to be there. So just let you know, every believer, you are going to go through offense. You will never be holy enough to not go through an offense. Um, but offense is a good thing, uh, I believe, and we'll go through that. So part one, deliverance from offense. And 1 Timothy 1.18 is where I want to start in. And it says this, Timothy, my son. So this is Paul, the Apostle Paul, talking to Timothy in, in his sonship. I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them, you may fight the good fight. So we have to understand that we're in a good fight in our faith. You might feel like you're losing in some things, but a good fight is not a fight that's easy. A good fight is a fight that you win, right? You can go through a fight and all that stuff happens, but you know that you win at the end of it. And so we understand from what the Bible says that we don't war against flesh and blood. We know that we wage war against powers and principalities and spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so when we learn that our fight is not against flesh and blood, 
when it comes to this area of offense, okay, there's an offense happening. And if I stay stuck looking at the flesh and blood that might be offending me, I will miss what God is trying to teach me. Because oftentimes you'll discover, and you probably already have, that it's the flesh and blood that really offends us. It's another person. It's what they did. It's how they did it. It's how they're not changing from it. It's the simple fact that we are offended at what we can see and what has been done for us without understanding that there's something bigger at play that needs to be worked out in us that keeps us free from the toxic, toxicity of what an offense can do in our hearts if we harbor it, if we hold on to it, because no one is immune from it. So let me read uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. All right? So 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. All right. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And these are where the strongholds are and these are what they are. We demolish arguments. So the strongholds are the arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience. That's us. Every act of disobedience, when we have arguments or pretensions or th things that happen when we start fighting a flesh and blood battle instead of a spiritual battle, that we begin to become ready to punish every act of disobedience in our lives once our obedience is complete. So we actually punish disobedience when we obey the word of God to fight not against flesh and blood, but, but with the powers, the divine truth of God to demolish arguments and every pretension that comes up in the midst of an offense. Again, Timothy is being encouraged by a spiritual father in his life that you're fighting a good fight and the way you fight this is through understanding the prophetic words about you. So whatever Timothy was going through, it was the prophetic in him that was causing him to have something to fight with against offenses, against other things that would look to capture his heart. Ephesians 6.10, we can turn to that. And this is what it says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's evil schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So again, just to further uh, reiterate, is that every single one of us, has been engaged in spiritual warfare from the moment we've been born. And because of that, there is a, a history and a longevity with the Lord that causes us to understand, okay, 
there are going to be things that happen in my life that are outside of my control, but everything inside my heart, I get to gauge, I get to determine, okay, I'm going to believe this truth and I'm going to guard myself or I'm going to fight against these lies coming in to set themselves up against the knowledge of God because I, I can easily believe that it, this offense is justified, that this offense, I should live with this thing. I should allow this offense to cause me to be weary of these type of people or this uh, ethnicity or this or, or mothers and fathers or brothers and sisters because we've been offended by flesh and blood. Therefore, we guard ourselves and guard our flesh from other flesh and blood. We, we, we fight against those things and we end up losing relationships, losing peace, losing confidence, losing sight of our call because we're focused on the flesh and blood stuff instead of the spiritual truths that God has given us to keep us healthy and whole inside of our hearts. No circumstance can change what's going on in you. If you would defend that truth, if you would live that truth, if you would abide in the spirit and cause all the things that don't belong in your spirit or in your heart to stay out. Okay. And so some of the things that I have learned from being delivered myself of offenses, whether before Christ or in Christ, is that you can't fight spiritual warfare in the flesh. You cannot. You will always lose spiritual warfare trying to go about it in the flesh. The enemy will always use flesh to get you to move in the flesh. <laughs> he will use a flesh and blood person to get you to live out your flesh and your carnal life or out those pretensions and arguments in your mind to step out of the spirit and into the flesh so that you can lose that battle. Remember, we're not fighting people. We're fighting forces of wickedness. There are some people who live in and will carry out wickedness. But that doesn't mean I have to live offended. That doesn't mean that you have to live offended. It means that we can live beyond the offenses of people who are living in their wickedness. That has been their choice. But our choice is not uh, made based on what they will do or how they will live. All of us are still going to be obedient to Christ, regardless of what other people are doing. And we have to learn how to live that out every time we're offended, because we will get offended. The hard thing about working through offense is because they're justified. I cannot tell you, you can't be offended by that. You have, you, you have feelings, you have emotions, you have hurts and pains. It's justified. But justifying an offense so I can live an offense is never God's way. It's never, never God's intention. So when we understand that we're fighting forces of wickedness that control people, we realize that people aren't the problem. The problem is the problem. When we realize that the problem is the problem, we stop focusing on the person, 